this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Sunny, dry, never rains Fort Lauderdale, where we all swam to Publix this week to get our daily bread. We survived. Um, people, it was a hurricane without the wind. It was weird, but we're all good. Uh, the storage place with all of my comics did not uh, flood, so we have tarp. Tart exists where where it's our books are still alive. I called my brother and I said I'm not going to really worry about it because either they're safe or gone, and uh, they were safe. Uh, we no worse for wear. Uh, it was the weirdest week of my life with the rain. It rained <laughs> well, like a Kevin, hurricane. You're, you're saying you're broadcasting from a FEMA tent right now? Uh, we we're uh, <laughs> yes we uh, we've got we've got the rations. We've got the uh, well. This is how, by the way, this is how Fort Lauderdale deals with uh, FEMA situations. Right. So we we have our rations and we are safe. Um, no, it was great. It was cool. I want to welcome everybody to explain yourself. This is the crowdfunding roundtable where we uh, go through projects that are currently funding. Will I have a Surprise! This is the last ever. Explain yourself. Where we uh, go Ooh, I heard me. Um, <laughs> that was weird. Um, but we um, we're never doing this again. Will I made oh. the mistake of watching the pilot of Facts of Life about an hour ago, and this is now going to be a Facts of Life rewatch podcast every Friday night. <laughs> it was a roller coaster. It was an adventure. I'm. I don't. I don't feel safe. But I'm exhilarated. Guys, go on Tubi and watch that. It was the strangest TV show I've ever seen. Will, how was your week? Uh, it was uh, it was long, but uh, it's over now. I've been looking forward to this all week. So good, good to be back. You know what? Maybe we'll keep go- doing the show and we'll just do the podcast as a second show. Uh, how we okay. usually start this off is everybody gets a chance to do a 30-second pitch on the project that they are currently running and um amy you have some people watching so let's let's give them what they want and if you were at a comic convention in Mm -hmm. about 30 seconds or less how would you get somebody's attention about jackie and the magical guys well i would like them to imagine an apocalyptic future where there is barely anyone surviving and there's a small band of humans as the only survivor and there's this this one genius amazing scientist but she doesn't save the world. It's her daughter that can't even find her own dignity. 
So she's, the scientist sends her daughter back in time to our timeline to um, prevent the end of the world. And the one thing her daughter's supposed to find are strong female warriors. And instead of finding strong female warriors, she gets cornered by a monster and transformed four guys into magical girls. And now they hate her. They don't want to work with her. And they just don't want to deal with her ever again. So <laughs> it's a tale of friendship, love, um, just coming together as a team and a lot of character growth, pretty much. So that's right. Jackie the Magical Guys. Super excited about that. James or Dan, who wants to tell us about uh, a real snobber knocker? <laughs> that's that's uh, slobber knocker, Dan. Uh, oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry, I got, I got my, weird. My uh, yeah, my contacts washed out in the flood. I apologize. <laughs> So I got, I'm sorry, I got like a weird echo going on. So I hear everything a little few seconds later. Um, so a real, a real slobber knocker is a wrestling comic. Uh, it's a pro wrestling comic. And it's um, really following two best friends, uh, lifelong wrestling fans who are coming up through the indies together. And right when they get their big break as um, uh, to go into the major leagues of, of uh, pro wrestling, they are um, something tragic happens and they basically uh, get split apart and, um, we follow them on this journey as they they um, split apart and then ultimately come together against each other in the biggest match of their lives. So this first uh, issue that we're running a Kickstarter campaign for is uh, for that first rise of the of the new kicks, this tag team. As we kind of get to learn know the characters and uh, you know uh, learn learn a bit about their lives and what this uh, you know the beauty of pro wrestling essentially. Awesome. All right. And Chris, how uh, it's pretty easy to get people excited about a badass girl, but how would you specifically get us excited about the comic? Well, my table pitch is that uh, badass girl was orphaned in the alien invasion that wiped out the earth and most of humanity and raised in the forest by a mysterious Chinese woman who turned her into a weapon for justice. And now with no home, no family, no friends, she walks the post-apocalypse earth kicking ass for justice. Nice. And this is one of those times where uh, Will and I have to be interlopers on our own show. I'm running a campaign for Tart number 15, a Deal with the Devil. Uh, Tart Acid is a time-traveling demon hunter. She wakes at the, up at the beginning of most adventures without any idea where she is or when in time she is. But It's happening, Kevin. You're, it has you're... happened. <laughs> The, the curse of Kevin. <laughs> of course, during during my pitch, right? During my pitch. Uh, you know what? We'll get into the deep dive on me later. Um, let's uh, let's do it. And we lost some people here. So it's it, you know what? This uh -oh. is the way my week has been with the storm. So <laughs> if I go away, keep going. The 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 it'll go perfectly fine. Um, Amy, you went first on, on the deep dive, so or went first on the pitch, so let's do it on the deep dive. I will uh, pull up the page, um, and while I do that, how did you get your team together uh, when this idea came, came about? Um, pretty much. I found them online, as everything is pretty much virtual nowadays, working as a team. Um, I can, uh, they have, let's see... They're from all over the world. So I have several artists. Um, my main one, he resides in Indonesia. Um, he's very talented. He goes by the name Hammonds. Um, 
it's been such a blast working with him and pretty much whenever I send him a script, he's just really good at interpreting the humor of it all. Um, there's like a lot of dad jokes in this story. Um, it's very like, uh, like if you watch Scott Pilgrim or read Scott Pilgrim, it's just kind of like that modern, but like little moments of slice of life and humor and just like everyday moments. And, um, obviously like a younger high school sort of cast. Um, but it's just been a lot of fun to write. And I just kind of wanted to write a love letter to Sailor Moon and just kind of turn it on his head a little bit and combine Eastern and Western elements. Because um, I was born here in the U.S., born by uh, refugee parents. So they, they're they from Laos and um, there was just uh, a whole political ordeal over there and they had to escape and come to America and provide a better future for me and my sister. So um, it was just... I felt like just kind of taking that like Asian heritage and just like Asian comics and just bringing it to the West and just combining it together because I grew up on a lot of like fun cartoons. I I like Young Justice. I like so many like amazing like DC has some great animation. So I just I wanted to bring that in that art and you can kind of see it's not really like black and white manga style. There's like color there and like, even if you just look at the artwork, like, you can kind of just see a little bit of, like, hey, maybe, like, that Teen Titan sort of, like, look. Um, but I just want to just combine both audiences and just bring that alive. Because a lot of, like, comics in, in, like, the Western audience, like, it's very, very fast-paced. Whereas, like, I feel like um, if you read manga, it's a, lot, it's a little bit slower to get to certain parts. Like if you watch like Dragon Ball Z or read Dragon Ball Z, like there's a lot of dialogue before you get to the fight and the action. So here I'm just like, okay, let's get to it because I have a filmmaking um, background and I, mm-hmm. I write scripts. So I just kind of know that every single panel is not going to be wasted. Every page is not going to be wasted. Everything has um, a moment to it and a moment to shine. And that's pretty much what I put my work. And as you can see, as you're scrolling down, um, I didn't want to spoil too much. Um, It's kind of like a retelling of a fairy tale. Each guy, when they transform into a magical girl, um, they become like a fairy tale creature. So Mm. um, the red hood is a little bit obvious. And then the water, um, the water character, Reed, and that one's an obvious one as well. So I think you can guess those. So the other two might be a little bit more mysterious. So I just kind of try to hide a little bit with um, the little spoiler um, blur effect. Um, but I also have a free interactive comic. And that's some of the, the reward tiers, as you can see there, like a shiny little poster. Um, that's also my horror comic because I write horror and comedy. It's like, for me, two sides of the same coin. and. Mm you know, you want to go to both extremes, pretty much. And um, I was at WonderCon uh, recently in Anaheim, California. And that was one of the posters we were selling with my artists. So yeah, and we have like, knee chains. Um, but this is yeah, this is like, um, my, my heart's in, in this completely, as many of you are all you creators, like, I'm sure you put your blood, sweat, tears into it. And that's why I can kind of um, I, I can vibe with you really well and how much effort you put in your work because I, I, I'm in the same shoes. It's, this, is, this is what I love doing because um, this is what I look forward to every day. I just came from work. So I work in like accounting and real estate and I'm always going back to comics. I'm always like, um, I, this is like my craft. 
And I, I let all, all my frustration at work here on the pages. And sometimes I put in the characters or situations or the antics and the, the growth, the character arcs, it's, it's right. all there. So I don't want it easy in the very beginning. I want these characters to not like each other. And that's how they begin at the very start. So, um, and, and also I just thought it was funny. Um, I know this is off topic, but James has like a wrestling comic and I was a wrestler in high school. I was the only girl on the team. So it's, you know, it's, it's fun. I'm not a good wrestler though. I'm pretty bad, but I won my first match and that's probably the only match I've won. But thank you for sharing that. It's, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be here and happy to share my work. Well, I, one thing that was unique is using, using the spoilers on the page, kind of protecting that element. At what point when you were creating the Kickstarter page specifically, did you decide to hold that back? And what was kind of the internal uh, deliberation in making that choice? I wanted it to be like a, a fun mystery because like, I feel like if I lay all my cards out on the table, then where's the enjoyment out of the guessing, like guessing who this character is gonna be and what they're gonna look like. because. I know that if you go to the, because uh, I was at um, Comic-Con San Diego, I was at uh, WonderCon, and I do have the posters revealed, so attendees can purchase the posters, and they can see what the characters look like, and in fact, I had a huge cardboard stand, um, standout um, character of one of the, the magical guys, so um, someone actually recognized that character. They're like, oh my god, that's the character from the last convention, and I was, and that made me really happy, so I, I was just kind of 50-50 about putting that character in my Kickstarter, but um, I don't know, like, I feel like, I feel like just the, I, I want to have that, like, appeal, like, the appeal of not knowing, because, like, because some stories you can kind of like we read so many stories where we can kind of guess the ending or guess where a story's gonna go um like we're at the age where like our cell phones are glued to our hands basically but i just want right. to keep something a little bit mysterious out there now <laughs> now a, a little yeah. callback i dare you to watch the pilot of facts of life and guess where <laughs> that is going i dare you <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have to check it out then. It's on Tubi for free, and I'm telling you, it is an adventure. Um, okay. But um, no, I think it's a great idea to keep that that uh, that that you know sense of adventure. A, a lot of times, yeah. um, I'll I'll try to hold off on either the villain of the piece or you know the concept of the piece or what what's going on. Yeah. And I I think it's great to have. And it also makes people excited. Like, what is behind that spoiler? What What am I going to see? So I thought it was a good choice. Yeah, it's like a little Jaws moment a little bit. Like, just not seeing the monster and not seeing what it is gives you that anticipation of wanting to delve deeper into what this is. And that's... Yeah, that's what I'm just trying to get. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> But yeah, uh, gosh, I don't know. Like, it's. I feel like it's gonna get darker though. It looks really girly, like at first. But I, I'm surprised that I'm I'm having some backers that are on more of like the um the 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 audience base is kind of more men right now. So I'm kind of shocked about that, but happy about that at the same time. But I, I promise it's gonna get a little darker. It's not gonna be all fluffy unicorn rainbows like you're seeing on my screen right now. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with fluffy unicorn rainbows, though. So, <laughs> to be clear, which sometimes, we we, yeah, sometimes we want to explore our feminine side. That's fine, and you almost give us that that option with it. Um, so, 
Um, I did notice that one of the themes was time travel. I'm obviously slightly interested in that. So one question that I ask myself, and I, I put it this way, is it back to the future time travel or is it Terminator time travel? Meaning, are we an infinite loop that our characters can't fix or is time splintering in your time travel universe? Definitely the second option, splintering. Um, in fact, like uh, some of my friends, when they took over my booth, they actually tried to pitch this comic as Terminator. They're okay. like, do you like Terminator? They were asking every single person passing by. They're like, do you like Terminator? You're going to like this. And then <laughs> for some reason, people really stuck to that. And they actually stopped by the booth and they wanted to listen in. But um, it's not going to be as... I, I feel like, yes, there's action, but it's not going to be as, uh, like, um, grisly, like, that, mm -hmm. like um, that feel, that grungy feel that Terminator is. Um, it's more just like whatever happens going to our present time will affect the future timeline. And also, who knows what sort of um, relations this this timeline can create in the future like just characters like children or whoever that's going to come back it's going to be similar to that in a sense with terminator so i i feel like it's not going to be too chaotic where we're going to have multiple like time streams and then people <laughs> going back and affect affecting certain situations i don't know if my brain's right there yet but we might get there eventually <laughs> not now <laughs> so we'll see but yeah, but I like tar. I was I, I read it too, and I, I really enjoy it. And I feel like Tar Acid is just like really the strong character that just, you know, she the first issue where she finds well, I shouldn't spoil anything, but she's <laughs> looking for a boy. So I just I was just like, oh man, like I, I really like Tar as a character too, and I just, I like that she goes everywhere and even very far everywhere. So I think you know, second issue. I absolutely. Yeah. Tart is a badass girl, I'm just saying. <laughs> I I really want to get you with Ludo because one of his favorite hobbies is drawing Sailor Moon. So when you talked about it being an homage to Sailor Moon, I'm like, I, I okay, I've got to send an email between Ludo and Amy because you know he he'll 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 just love what you're doing and and you know I, I won't speak for him about what he might do, but but who know, who knows if, if Ludo could draw you something cool? Please, Ludo. <laughs> so we've he got draws, well everything he draws is cool, Kevin. Okay. Yeah, he's capable. Yes. Certainly. <laughs> he's certainly amazing, and he'll and he'll draw anything for money. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at seventy five backers already, which is awesome. Almost six thousand dollars, which is great. So you are almost at that super magical, um, almost undefeated fifty percent. So uh, the campaign is doing great, and you and you are kicking ass already. So, uh, but let's let's keep it up. Um, I believe that you've got the graphic novel, you've got uh, mm -hmm. PDFs, and you've got like the, the trinkets and things. The grab so you, bag, yeah. So, what uh, are you telling people? What's in the grab bag, or is that is that? Oh a yeah, mystery? they. Oh, they can. Um, it's going to be random. Um, so some of the items are randomized. Um, it's based on what we have in stock, but overall, it's what they see on the page itself, and just like the cell phone charm, the posters. Um, art prints, um, also uh, 
our top uh, reward is dedication. So I don't know. It can this entire story can be dedicated to you or someone of your choosing. <laughs> Who knows? So that's very exciting. And someone made a joke of um, yeah, they they made a like a crass joke, but I just thought it was funny. And I was like, really? The first page someone sees is like dedicated to insert cross joke here. Really? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't mind, but it goes with the humor of the story. But yeah, yeah I guess. Well, I think it's I think it's Charlie Stickney who says, you know, we'll put your name in it with the right to refuse. So take their money first. <laughs> Read their cross stroke second and decide if you put it in. But but decide after the money clears. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, uh, and, and they can decide if they went too far or not. That's all that. I'm okay with a lot. I'm okay. So, <laughs> anyone out there? The, the, so. There's there's always the put the cross joke in and then I'm sure this person gave me blank hundred dollars to do this. And everyone's gonna go, got it. You could also yeah. just put like ex expletive deleted kind of thing about it. Uh, so then they, they could just wonder like, man, this was so bad. They couldn't even print it. And it's the mystery again. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder what it is. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. I should write that down. I'm taking all your ideas. Well, so we're, let, we've got magical guys. Uh, let's let's move to wrestling guys and uh, slobber knocker. James, you have been getting into this comic writing thing for about, what, a year and a half, two years now? Yeah, almost two years, yeah. But this is your first comic that you're bringing to Kickstarter. Wow. How does it feel? Hey, it's terrifying and amazing is, is what it is so <laughs> nice. but uh i'm fortunate to have a, a a partner in crime or a tag team partner i guess we could say which is aptly fit with, with dan here um yeah. you know so we we've worked together before on a on a short that was in a um a dren productions anthology called um uh tales from the bazaar and i actually have a, a page of dan's artwork hanging up over here um from that story and um you know, we got we got together with that, and then we had this opportunity. We, we're both big wrestling fans, and uh, we actually pitched to another anthology for a wrestling story. We did not get in; we were rejected. Uh, but then we're like, "Let's do this anyway." And um, that was like almost that was like about a year ago. Like it's 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 it took that long for us to kind of like get everything together, get all the, the the kinks out of it. But like it's blossomed to this like great emotional story that we we both are just like you know full of heart in this like our, our, our the full energy of like that watching a, a wrestling match as a kid and like wanting to jump off your couch and and slam onto your little brother um that's that energy and the vibe that we have into every page of this book nice yeah the artwork's visceral i love it i, I love mm -hmm. the feel the feel of it yeah so, Dan, dan's doing yeah. great in there dan what you want to talk a little bit about like how you came at some of these uh designs Let's see if we got, got it. Uh, yeah, um, a lot of it was just trying to. I mean, I go to a lot of. Oh my! I've gone to a lot of indie shows in my area, whatever, and you see all everybody has their own gimmick, and everybody is totally unique gimmicks. And I think I've slowly been building a rolodex in the back of my brain of all these different gimmicks and costumes and characters everyone played and as we're working on these pages it's just kind of like second year bring out to be like oh yeah i remember 
where there were those guys who thought they were like claims adjusters. Let's put them <laughs> in, like stuff like that. That's how it's really been coming out. So well, we've, James. we've got Amy on the show, who's a wrestler and an accountant. So it's yeah. So, so it, it, it it's true life that works. <laughs> <laughs> So James, this is you know this is your first, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's my f- first Kickstarter campaign that I run. Yeah. Is it? Uh, I like to describe it to people, you know that that don't do this uh, when they ask. It's like pushing a boulder uphill with a noodle, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's there's there's just so much. Hey, we know that guy, right? Yeah. Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> Good guess, James Powell. Yeah. Um, there's just so much that goes into dot, you know, not only creating the book, right, but then the Kickstarter itself is just a tremendous amount of work, and I think everybody here, you know, can attest to that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, finally, once the Kickstarter is done, and you know, you've drug yourself across the finish line, and you know, are emotionally spent for the next three months, then you have to fulfill, mm-hmm. and and then la- uh, lather, rinse, and repeat, right? So how how uh, how are you dealing with it? Um, I don't know. I guess not not very well just yet. We're still trying. <laughs> I think look, we're we're fortunate that you know the, the campaign is funded. Um, we were funded within seven hours. Um, yes. So very excited for that. We did launch on WrestleMania weekend, so that was like key. We definitely had the marketing hats on there, thinking like WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. So like it's never in you know in the zeitgeist as much as during that weekend. So that was very much key for, for us launching. It's like, otherwise if we didn't do that, like we would have waited a whole other year to do it again because it's never that big. Um, but so I think that the, the fact that we are, we're at goal, we're actually 200% uh, at our goal now is like, like this thing's happening now. It's just like, how high can we go? We, and we actually hit a hundred backers earlier today um, that I was, you know, ecstatic about um yeah. now it's like all right like we kind of hit the goals the milestones we were really hoping to achieve with this in terms of funding we've doubled the funding and now it's like all right 100 backers like what what else can we do so it's it's kind of exciting to like we, we got those uh nervous parts out of the way and now it's uh you know onward and we still got like a couple weeks left in the campaign so we're gonna see how high we can take it yeah, you nice. you were coming off the top rope like like Hulk Hogan came up. Now you got to come up like Jimmy Jimmy uh, Snuka, man. Like, you got to come correct. That's right. Yeah, or, or better yet, modern modern day Montez Ford because no one no one hits a frog splash like that guy right now. So like he he's hit he's hitting the rafters when he jumps up that high. So. I dated oh, when I watched wrestling based on what I just said. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's got some interaction with it, I think. That's the, that's the beauty of it. So, like, everyone's got that kind of vibe to it. Like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember this guy or that guy. And, it, and it's, okay. it's a fun uh, experience. I've, I've told the story on the show before, but you want to hear the story about when <laughs> Macho Man Savage punched my friend? I mean, yes. <laughs> Obviously. Yes, please. I think we were like 11, 12, 13, and my dad got us tickets to, you know, the non, the non-televised. Yeah, the house w- shows. WF was here, you know. So at that time, I didn't realize that meant that no, no uh, belts were going to be uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking place. But um, Randy had a no-holds-barred match against uh, Tito uh, something. Tito something, mm-hmm. whatever. They Randy's the star of the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we get there and they take us to our thing and we, we walk up and we're literally 
at the entrance, like where the wrestlers mm-hmm. come in and out. So we could we could high five all the good guys and boo all the bad guys, and it was great. And we were in our element. And you know, the British Bulldogs wrestled uh, Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake, and mm-hmm. you know it was awesome. So the the final match was Randy coming out, and and of course Miss Elizabeth was there. Well, I was about twelve. You know, I knew Miss Elizabeth was pretty, but I was twelve. So, you know, like, <laughs> she's a pretty lady. Well, my friend Sean was 13. Stuff, had, you know, started, mm-hmm. you know, hormones were a little bit stronger in Sean than me. So Miss Elizabeth came within arm's reach and Sean touched her shoulder. And Randy just Ooh. went like this, straight into his stomach. Oh, man. Shot Sean back, basically... If we hadn't caught him, maybe into the other row. For the next like, five oh, wow. minutes, Sean's going, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, Randy punched our friend. And when, once we found out Sean wasn't going to die, all of us were like, this is the greatest moment of our life. <laughs> I, come back, I come back 30 years later, get back in touch with Sean and his brother, Brett. And I go, I've told this story like a thousand times. And Sean goes, I've told it a million. It was the greatest moment of my entire life. <laughs> but about two years after it happens, I'm reading the sports page, and I see Randy Masterman Savage is being um, – Sued for punching a child at a wrestling. <laughs> oh He's been doing this all the time. That's it. I, I, I checked to make sure it wasn't my friend's name, and it wasn't. Sean was like, "No, I'm not sure. Number was great." But I was like, "No, he definitely hit that kid. He definitely hit that kid. I know he hit that kid." <laughs> oh man, jeez, serial oh, uh, an audience uh, attacker that in that case. But to this point, like those are house shows. Those are things that aren't televised. So it's like, yeah, they they try out some more fun stuff. They do different things. Apparently they beat up kids. Like there's a couple of things get away there. It most yeah. of the time. Awesome. Yeah, pre-cell phones. So that's the other thing. Yeah, that is very pre-cell phones. Um, so how do you guys choreograph the matches? Do you guys talk about about how you would do it if you were running a wrestling match? Is it like how do you do you guys like is it written? Is it the artist? How do you guys choreograph? It? I mean, to to start, I I wrote out the script and I had ideas for um you know hey this this would be a good idea or this this you know I want to see a big drop thing but there's like there were elements in the script where I'm like I don't know do something really cool off of the top rope like what do we got right. and and Dan just you could see in the the artwork like some of the the energy that's in that like you know just went all off off the rails for it it's great in the best possible way you know. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you how do you draw a say a suplex like mm-hmm. where, how do you find the moments in the move to to put on the page? <coughs> that's that's honestly been the hard part because you know at the end of the day we all know it's you know quote unquote fake. So <laughs> what reference you're going to get to these moves? It's way more obvious <laughs> how. Uh, like they're protecting each other. So it's kind of trying to find the ways where you're like, it doesn't look like you is protected. And like, well, I have the idea of like, I could actually have these moves be real. And like your head <laughs> is slamming on the mat. <laughs> so that's been kind of the fun part of like trying to figure out like, okay, how do I make this look like he's actually like really getting hit here instead of like, mm-hmm. Oh, I know that he kicked him in the hand, not in the face. Yeah, right. 
Well, the, the no one's slapping no one's slapping yeah. their leg in this one. That's so it. we had a we had a we had the the motherfucking motherfucker yeah. and I'm blinking on the uh, writer artist name right now. I apologize. He was he was great. He, he I'm, I I th- I think I'm fine having a little tequila. He was here having absence, so he wins the crown. Um, and and when you read his book, it's like in this alien wrestling world where the guy's head does get smashed and he walks off with no head anymore. Uh, so what were your discussions about? You know, this is real world. This is wrestling is quote unquote fake. Uh, this is a show. Like, did you have those conversations or is it just we're going to show a, a real life wrestling tag team and the story that it, it's really the real life aspect of it? Because like it's it's character driven. So we're really following Brett and Jake throughout this journey and they're they're moving together um, and and seeing that's like this is their dream. This is what they need to do in life. So. For them, it's like, all right, yeah, there's, there, it's it's staged, it's fake, what have you. But like when they're in the ring, that's like, you know, they're focused, they're at hundred percent in this moment. Um, nothing else matters to them. And like, you know, when they start out, they're awful, you know. But it's like one of those things, like they have to do this. This is their destiny, kind of thing. Um, which is which is what makes like the the rest of the story so interesting, you know, because what happens when that comes into jeopardy? When like something happens and you can't pursue that in the same way that you were, you thought you were going to like when your entire everything you've invested your entire life up until this point is suddenly not there um how do you proceed so that's the kind of stuff we're exploring with it so whereas yes you know realistically they're putting on a show they're they're doing great acrobatics and all this kind of stuff in the ring but we're focusing on that character journey as to what they're doing it and we're using the the lens of professional wrestling to tell it that's awesome. If um, it might be on the page, and I apologize if it is, how long would this series go if you continue doubling and tripling all of your all your goals? <laughs> three three issues we have okay. uh, planned. So the scripts are written for all three. Um, and James Powell, that we referenced before, was a fantastic editor um, for this. This was going to be forty five pages as a graphic novella, and then now it's ninety pages because you know he br- he really let you know pointed out all these moments that was like, oh, this needs to breathe more. He asked really good questions for it that was like, I don't understand why this person is reacting this way. And then I go, oh, well, because of this, this. I went, oh, shit, um, that's not on the page. That's in okay. my head because I've been staring at this for so long. So now it's all on the page. And um, that's that's what's really coming out now. That's uh, exciting. All right. So badass guys to a, a badass girl. I'm going to pull up the page. So, Joey, how, how did you meet? Uh, the creative team and decide I want to I want to bring badass girl uh, I'm, I'm sure they have a readership and it's cool but you you're bringing it to Kickstarter to try to find an even bigger audience for badass girls so how was the meetup with you and the creative team as I pull up the page so so this was actually kind of a cool experience we get so um, last year I think it was just last year that, that I attended my uh, my local con out here called Phoenix Fan Fusion and you know me. Which is not just some tiny <laughs> con, by the way. It's, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty nice con. It's, it's, it's a huge con, right? But yeah. um, you know, in previous years, I actually worked uh, during the con. Uh, I worked at, uh, in public relations in there. I worked in programming. And this year, I was working there. But in my time off, I was going to making my rounds in Artist Alley and networking and meeting creators and, and looking at their projects because I knew... That there was there's there's just something that I wanted to bring 
to to this world, right? And 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 uh, you know, publish it underneath our our banner. And so I was as I was looking through this, and um, I just kept I kept going back to this one table that had this amazing looking uh, banners behind them, right? And and this is what I saw, um, you know, in, in the in the background, and I saw Chris and Deb sitting there. Um, and, and what, and I was like, well, that's a great looking, uh, cover. I'm going to go check it out. And I started talking to them. They handed me a couple of issues. I read through it overnight and I just kept going back and talking to them. And, 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 uh, you know, um, a few months pass, uh, and then they get, got a hold of me and they said, let's do this, man. We love what you're doing. We love that. Uh, you want to bring this to Kickstarter. Um, let's, let's work together. So, um, basically I just, I just bothered them at their, at their con table <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and told them, Hey man, let's, uh, let's see what we can do with this because I love this. Uh, you know, at the time I was working with, with scout comics. Um, I know that. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I used to work for scout comics as their social media marketing, uh, manager. And, uh, and I was like, well, I, I got this connection. Maybe I could pitch it to them. I no longer work for them. I work for a different, uh, uh, publisher now, but, um, so I was like, well, let's, let's, let's get this into the hands of my friends at least and see if we can, you know, pitch it in the direct market. And so basically that's, that's, uh, you know, where, where we kind of, you know, started with this. Um, and then, you know, since then I started doing, uh, you know, uh, building Kickstarters and stuff for like top hat studios mm -hmm. and, and other people, um, like Oneshi press and things like that. So yeah. Um, so, so, you know, grandma was, and grandma chainsaw, grandma chainsaw <laughs> and, and, and so many more we had, and uh, we got one coming up from the black cotton team. Oh, cool. Um, so, so, uh, it's, so this was something that I really want to do. I really wanted to bring back, bring comic books, uh, you know, that I loved, you know, and get them into your guys' hands. And I wanted to do it underneath the geek collective. Yeah. Um, so I thought badass girl was a, was a really great fit for our first, uh, you know, a collaboration with some really great creators. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm really excited that Chris uh, and, uh, and Deb and the crew and Brandon, everybody was, was really, um, you know, wanting to do something like this. So it was really cool to, to meet them and to do something like that. So Chris, let's take it back, you know, maybe a year or two. Um, how, how did this uh, comic come together? Who's, whose first idea was it? Who pitched who and, and how, how did that pitch go? Yeah, well, uh, like Amy, I have a bit of a film background, and uh, I was also a high school wrestler, so I All challenge right. you for the belt when we meet up. <laughs> uh, it's probably been a few more, a couple more decades since I've had a wrestling match than she has, so she'll probably <laughs> kick my butt. Uh, so um, Badass Girl was originally a film idea. I saw... The Wonder Woman movie, the first one, and must be 2017 now when I left there. For me, there's three kind of movies. There's movies I don't like, there's movies I like, and there's movies that make me want to do something. And Wonder Woman made me want to do something. And I said, I got to write something about a kick-ass chick. And uh, I grew up with uh, tough girls, so I have a, a lot of respect for the women in my life. And... Um, uh, at the time in Minnesota, there was a there was a, a like almost like a double film incentive. So 
you could get uh, like 40% of your production budget uh, returned as an incentive. So I, I wanted to write something that was uh, high concept and low, uh, low production value or, or not, you know, didn't cost a lot to make. Right, right. Post-apocalypse is just a natural one for that going all the way back to Planet of the Apes. The first one, the original, 1968. Um, oh, and by the way, I'm old enough to have been to have been a fan and a weekly watcher of The Facts of Life. Okay, <laughs> still, I still have a crush on Joe. I, I, I am I am old enough to have been in the Joe years, but this first season with Molly Ringwald is blowing. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, so tune in next week. I'll tell you all about episode two. Okay. Yeah. Please. I'll be back. Um, so, uh, you know, I wrote it originally as a film script, and uh, a, a producer I was in touch with said, if you're going to shop this around, you have to get something on paper, a mm -hmm. novel, a, uh, a, a, a proof of concept film, uh, or, and we, I just thought, well, it's, it's a natural for a comic book. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I went ahead and, and wrote it as a comic strip or comic book script. Uh, Bran is, uh, has been an art director for a publisher that I've done a lot of work for a lot of contract work. So I tapped him and asked him if he wanted to do the, the artwork and we were, I, I wanted something that was, and I, by the way, I've been doing cons. I've got over 20 books in print. Um, I, I mainly write fiction. And um, I've been going to Comic-Cons for 10, 15 years or something like that, selling my books. Currently, we're just, I'm only, we're only bringing Badass Girl to the cons. But um, anyway, I, so we were going for something between, you know, that DC Marvel detail work and you know, ma manga on the other side, um, or anime on the other side. And I think Bran really hit it, hit the mark. And, uh, he is, I love working with him because like working and Amy, I don't know if you're, are you, you're, I know you're a writer, you do film work, right? And I don't know if yes. you've directed at all, but, um, like, uh, yeah. when I, when I do a film, you know, you have to trust the actors to bring their thing to the, to the, to the screen, right? And one of the things I love about working with Bran is that I'm able to trust him with the script and he makes really cool choices of what to put on the page that I didn't expect, but uh, is really fun to watch. That's been a lot of fun. So anyway, we, you know, with COVID happening and my, my partner, uh, Debbie, being, you know, underwater with uh, homeschooling and all that stuff, we had mm -hmm. to take a break for a year and a half or two years. So just last year, um, actually just right before um, we, we actually got issue four delivered to our friend's place in Phoenix for the for the con. So we just got issue four finished and printed, uh, and that that completed that first story arc. And right now, Debbie is writing the second story arc, and then I'll start the third coming up. So, so that's what you know. Badass how do you guys, so what was, how do you guys cool? trade off the trade off the um, the volumes? How, how do, is it oh, just well, what she's you know, interested? I, in? Yeah, writing writing a. Um, Writing a comic book script is a lot like writing a film script. So we, 
she had a great idea for the second story arc. And I said, yeah, absolutely, go ahead. And then I said, okay, then I'll just write the third one, right? And then we'll just keep going, kind of keep leapfrogging as we have ideas. That way we can, you know, we don't have to have a pause between finishing right. those scripts, really. And uh, that is working out really good so far. And uh, also, this may be an exclusive. I don't even know if Joey knows this, but Debbie is finishing the pilot script for the pitch package for Badass Girl. We have that's a, news to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a we have a friend, a mutual friend who is Debbie's my business partner. I've known her since high school, um, and uh, she, she has a friend who I've made friends with who is a. Uh, screenwriter and screenwriting professor and has a lot of contacts in tv so she is finishing up that script in the package and we're going to hopefully be shopping it around within a few months fantastic yeah joey joey i think i might have cut you off on on something i'm sorry i was cutting you off no no was and i was kind of going the same direction where he where chris was saying that um you know they had the first three issues already printed and 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 uh, recently, the, when I when I met them, they had done one Kickstarter for issue three, and um, and that was it was successful. And uh, and they were telling me we just got this issue four in. Um, check this out. We so I was looking through it, and um, and it was great, right? And then I was like, well, and it, and it was one of those things where I was like, it just kept bugging me throughout the whole con weekend. And I was like, what can we do with this thing? This thing is so cool that we can do something fun with, right? And I don't know if you can bring back the campaign. Um, what we did, what we wanted to do is, you know, we wanted to, because they, because not everybody has read issue four yet, right? Because it, it was recently print, uh, just printed. Um, so we were like, well, let's release these things in, in all issues, you know, single issues, but let's also, let's, let's do this in a trade paperback collected edition, right? And we wanted to do a really cool sweep wraparound cover. And, and so we were kind of throwing around some ideas and, and I think this is one of those things where you guys just said, give us a wrapper and I'll cover to brand. And he just came up with this thing. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it came out really, really good looking, right? Yeah. Um, we knew that we really wanted the focal point to be these, these two characters here and then to show some of the, the other characters in the background. That was all that we gave him. And he came up with this. So, and, and it was really gorgeous. We wanted to do something like that. We also brought on um, two uh, um, some that you guys may know, we have uh, Brian Belando, who is the interior artist for um, Top Hat Studios. He does uh, the Pocus Hocus and Grandma Chainsaw. Um, so he did a really gorgeous looking uh, cover for us. And then we also have Dexter Wee, who is um, doing work with uh, Henri Kalpin right now. He's doing uh, War Lion. Uh, he also has done stuff with um, Immortal Studios, I believe. Um, so, so, uh, we really wanted to bring some really good looking, um, stuff to this campaign. And, and I thought that, um, and we're, we're going to be doing a really cool metal trade paperback cover for, of the trade, uh, very cool. Here, right above that trade there, um, is the, uh, Dexter Wee cover. Okay. Um, so we had him do this really cool cover. We didn't even give him any, any direction. All we did was send him the books to read and he came up with this himself. We did the same thing with Brian Belondo. And these guys like are are fantastic, right? And that's our hollow foil cover here. Yeah. Um, amazing, so amazing artwork. 
Yeah. We're gonna yeah, so we're gonna cool. offer the so those two covers are are the variant covers, and um, we're also gonna offer the Brian Bolanda and hollow foil. Um, so I just I just thought it was really cool to kind of do something like that. And so you if you guys see we have some of those mystery uh, stretch goals. Um, we have a <laughs> what was really cool is that we had a a uh, a fan of the book. He said I love the way this this character looks, and he hit me up. He wanted to do something really fun, and he wanted to do it for free. And I said, not nah, dude, let's let's see what let me let me check this out, read the book, come up with something cool. Mm-hmm. And he came up with uh that chibi style um badass girl on the t-shirt. So and <laughs> and and right. what it was is, is he he sent that over to me and it was Jay Hammond. Um he 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 did some stuff for uh Top Pet Studios guys. And uh it was just really cool because he just wanted to do it as a you know fan art kind of thing and just kind of like you know, check this out, guys. And I was like, no, dude, I got to pay you for this because I want to use this through the in the campaign because it looks so cool. So we made it into a T-shirt um, and we have a couple of his his, his uh, things that we're going to be revealing once we hit our mystery stretch goals. Um, so and then we also have uh, that, that last stretch goal. Um, Chris is going to be he's, he's working on some extras that we're going to be uh, revealing once we hit that final stretch goal. Um, we're gonna be we putting some extras into the trade paperback, um, some, some some new stuff. I don't want to give away too much, um, but it's gonna be brand new stuff from from the world of Badass Girl, and uh, it's just gonna be such a cool thing that we're gonna be doing with this. Um, so hopefully we can get you guys on board and then and then bring back the second arc um, and do some more fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. So Chris, this crazy guy walks up and says, "I want." I'd like to publish your book elsewhere. So do you, do you take him seriously at first or are you just like, all right, sure, whatever guy. And then he comes back the next day. You know, maybe he's serious. How, how did that go? Well, I was really charmed by his uh, Sailor Moon costume. So you know, that, that, that disarmed it was, it was right totally, away. completely accurate. It was like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Except for the beard. Um, no, I mean, we, hey, like, he just came there as a magical guy. There is nothing right. wrong. Yeah. He's yes. just on theme. Thank you. I'm like, hey, there's Thank a gnome you. walking. Um, uh, I do have to say that I I have been really impressed with the uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion. Um, you know, when it when it was canceled for a couple of years, it did shrink a little bit, but I think they're bouncing back. But uh, yeah. you know, next level organization cosplay everything is just amazing there so we're always we always look forward to going back um but like joey said though it wasn't just a one-time thing you know we met and then we met again and then we talked for for a while about um doing something and uh for for us it's like you know debbie and i are you know we're in our mid-50s now and twitter and instagram and that kind of thing is not it's not natural for us so uh, for me, being natural is going to cons and meeting people and shaking hands and telling stories and selling books. So uh, we knew that we really wanted to work with somebody who has more experience and more uh, aptitude, I guess, and, <laughs> and motivation to do those, to do those tasks. And uh, Joey had some really good ideas and is excited about the project and excited about Badass Girl. So yeah. that, you know, it was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an instantaneous thing. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to, to uh, work with Joey because 
you know, he has a good idea of what he wants to do and, and how to do it. And it matched up with what we're trying to do as well. Awesome. Well, Hey, I, a question for, for you and, uh, and Amy, because I'm always fascinated about how, you know, the different formats, you know, kind of stretch the different muscles. So, you know, screenwriting versus comics versus novels, you know, you guys are coming at comics from a screenwriting standpoint, how, you know, what, what differences have you seen, you know, versus your screenwriting training to how you're, you know, executing a script, you know, a comic script? Budget. <laughs> you can yeah. do anything Jesus. you want on a comic. You can take them mm-hmm. to outer space. You can take yeah. them deep into the ocean. But if you're going to film a movie that yeah. takes place in water, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. <laughs> it's not going to end well. Yeah. So you can lose a lot of money. Yeah. I'm I'm also, you know, I write a lot of novels too. So um the thing about writing well, both for screen and for well for for one thing for screen, you can you really have just the barest um, amount of uh, description and setting that you can do. You can do a little more in comic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I try not to do too much. And if the, only if there's something specific that I want to see or feel needs to be featured on the page, do I make note of that, you know, in my, in my scripts. But, um, you know, the difference for me between uh, you know, novel writing and, and writing scripts for either film or comic or graphic novels is the economy of the words. Um, uh, you just, yeah. And I, luckily I think I'm pretty good at dialogue. Um, so uh, if you look at badass girl, you'll notice that there isn't a whole lot of narr- narration. Which is why I like the book a lot. <laughs> I, I am one of those guys that is like, oh my gosh, there's so much dialogue, guys. Just dial it back a little bit. And when I read this, I was like, yes, perfect amount. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's, what, that's the whole idea, right? Like, they, it's a collaborative medium. The 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 words and the pictures have to work together to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, yeah. I, I paid my dues in a comics press, and I one of my hu- biggest pet peeves was that where it's like. I'm punching him as hard as I can. I know. I could see him punching him as hard as I can. You didn't have to tell me that. You know, Use that space for anything else. I think one of the first things that I learned writing is that you're able, you're allowed to, in your script, write, I am punching him as hard as I can. And then when your artist gives you a page where your character is punching somebody as hard as they can, you can now erase that narration because the artist did it. Uh, you know, like there, there's no better writing in comics than pulling narration out that's on the page in the artwork. You've done your job as a writer if you can take your narration out um, because you, you you don't want it to say it twice. And, yeah. and if yeah. and if it says it twice, just leave the art in and take your ugly words out. Um, <laughs> well, use the, use the space for like anything else maybe explain why you're punching him as hard i mean not anything else things I mean, in there. Yeah. don't put like a a nair commercial you'll just get a big, big big pow on the screen there that's a nair, this is really yeah. this is an 80s centric uh show we're having guys tonight. i want to talk nair. about tv and natalie <laughs> more you than you know <laughs> does amy know what nair is it's is it still a thing okay gotcha you know i i, I don't I, gotta, I have a funny oh, nair story by the way oh yes 
We are on uh, yeah. After Dark, so I, I, you choose. Uh, oh, my God. Well, I, Johnny, I, Johnny knows what Nair is. We are short. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say that, that wrestlers can be really cruel. Oh, oh, no. Uh, yeah. oh no. I can Ooh. see where this might be going. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Will, I think well, you're going to... Yeah, speaking to the 80s, you know, I, I may not be t telling a secret here, but... Uh, Kevin and I are old, so there you go. You know. <laughs> well, I I had a haircut today, and there was more more gray hitting the black apron that I was wearing than red. So I know it's uh. Oh man, I found yeah, new gray hairs myself recently. I said, oh. <laughs> this, this 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 conversation's taking a really weird turn. I know. Right? Yeah. Well, here's what I don't understand. No, no. They're about starting to describe me so, as distinct. That, my best that's what that's like <laughs> oh my I didn't shoulder. have any gray hair until I started writing comics or had my kid because they started about the same time and I don't know which one did it. Right. But I'm, I'm leaning on it's the comics. <laughs> well, try try getting a film made and that will make your entire uh, every hair on your body gray. Only imagine. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I don't go ahead, Will. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say that uh looks like we're kind of winding down a little bit. Do we want to go ahead and go around the horn and do, you know, 30-second pitches one more time for anybody that might have come in late? Uh, can well, your I think you forgot to talk about his project? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you were just talking about making comics there, Kevin. Why don't you, know, you talk about making you know, the, the new one? You will remember the whole we're yeah. not a saint thing? Oh, yeah, I forgot completely. I always forget because we always just do this, we do. man. And we, yeah, yeah we, we, do, we do forget ourselves. Do you have a place to be, Will? I think that's the – it's like, like oh, just wrap it up here. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay, guys, start some time calling Demon Hunter. Please back it if you like it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, guys. Well, I guess I will pull it up. Yeah, let's go from one badass girl to another badass girl with some – with some Sailor Moon elements who will definitely wrestle a demon if she has to. Let's get, I think, got everybody. Go, right? Right? Yeah, just yeah. shoot all those boxes. Bingo! That's it. That's your new pitch. This was so probably Kevin, a bad idea because I have had a little bit of tequila. So let's see yeah. what happens, guys. Kevin, why don't you tell us about Tart? Uh, you know, you've got this project going, you know? I am super excited to be releasing. Our 15th chapter. Um, oh my gosh. 15. If you, if you are new to it, as I said at the beginning, Tart is a time traveling demon hunter. She works with a group that is uh, working against the rulers of hell. The rulers of hell have lost something in the earth. They don't know where it is in the world and they don't know when in time that thing is. And they are sending demons throughout history to cause chaos in the hopes of bringing that thing out. And Tart and the Toxic Fruit try to solve these issues so that that thing isn't caught by hell. And uh, basically in Tart 14, we gave our lead character a new, uh, a new job. She's no longer just an errand girl. She's more of a researcher. She's going around trying to find issues as opposed to just reacting to issues. And we find her at the beginning of this uh, issue trying to hunt down a demon serial killer. Uh, we were not able to put spoilers on this. Uh, our demon ser serial killer is on the cover. Um, so uh, there, 
as much as we want to uh, be careful, this issue, we kind of laid it all on the line. Um, I wanted to bring up this, this image. Ludo drew this image just because he got excited uh, about four or five years ago. And when I saw our character Lemon Lamorg in the coolest sword fight, in just one static image, the coolest sword fight I'd ever seen since <laughs> The Princess Bride, I decided she had to have a sword fight uh, coming. So um, this is sort of a uh, writer listening to an artist and going, oh, you're right. This character must fight with a sword. So uh, Lemon's uh, sword fight in Tart 12 is based almost entirely on how cool this image is. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, Tart, this is more of a, it had a, a detective feel and that's why Ludo uh, basically gave me, I'm gonna go down a little bit to our cover. I haven't looked at the page. Uh, this is our variant mm -hmm. cover and it's an homage to a 1940s uh, film noir. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ludo just painted it and I could not have been more excited looking at it. And so I called our printer and said, can you guys do posters? And they're like, yep. So it's our first ever poster just because I feel like I want it on my wall. So hopefully other people want it on their wall, but whether they do or not, I'm going to have one, which is <laughs> kind of kind of how you pick these uh, Kickstarter rewards sometimes, guys. That's mm -hmm. in the sausage. It's like, I think it's cool, so let's do it. And you just hope everybody else does. Um, but so, Mr. Joseph, um, who else is on your uh, creative <laughs> team there? Well, my, my co-creator is Ludovic Sale. He's the artist, and he has done every issue except Tart 6. Uh, he was actually doing a story called Hell Strawberry before I had ever met him. And Hell Strawberry is a time-traveling demon hunter. But um, he had written himself into a corner with the characters. Uh, Ludo is an extremely um, exciting writer. He thinks, I want to draw this and I want to draw that. And he kind of figures out a way to get from here to there. And it's, it's visceral and it's exciting, but he kind of doesn't lay tracks to go on. And so he kind of got stuck and a mutual friend um, introduced us. And, you know, when you see Ludovic Saleh's art, you figure out a way to worm your way into him. And I just kind of was like, I've got to figure out how to write this hell strawberry, but I couldn't. I, it just, it was, it was too, it was too deep. And uh, I woke up one night and I had an idea of a woman waking up in an alleyway and she had no idea when she was or where she was, but she absolutely knew that there was a demon somewhere near her and it was her job to stop it. And I literally grabbed my phone, went into the bathroom and typed that on my phone so that when I woke up the next day, I, I wouldn't forget it. And do you, do you of, often write in the bathroom, Kevin? <laughs> I write wherever I have an idea. I will write in the bathroom. I will write in the shower. I will write in your shower. Write with a sandwich in one hand, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I, I sat down and I wrote what is basically tart number one was my audition to Ludo to see if he wanted to work with me using some of the tools in his sandbox. And 
the script basically started. I don't know if this is a hell strawberry story. It could be a new character or it could be her, but this is my idea. And Ludo said, let's do a new character. Um, I, you know, and, and we might be able to make hell strawberry be part of it. And um, if you've read the, um, if you've read up to Tart 10, here's a spoiler alert. Hell Strawberry is super important to, to our story. Um, and, uh, oh, the one thing about Tart 15 is she's on track to try to get a demon serial killer, and she's failing. She's failing over and over again, and she's seeing victim after victim after victim. And she's offered a deal by one of the sons of the ruler of hell to capture this wayward demon. And she has to decide whether or not she's going to work with him or work on her own. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it basically it's the major conflict of the story of does she accept a devil's help to track down a demon? Mm. These pages, Ludo we did a prologue because the last time we saw Fork, he was basically hung up in a uh, meat locker dying. And we had to explain why he wasn't dead. Well, the spoiler alert, he's a devil. They're a little stronger than uh, humans and demons, but um, we wanted to explain why he wasn't dead. And I wrote this and Ludo gave me these pages and I just stared at them for an hour. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's I, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, like, guys, if you can work with a Ludo Soleil, you you just, you figure out how to work with a Ludo Soleil. Kevin, did you get them, like, uh, inks first, or did you get them like this? Uh, it was it was black and white, uh, mm -hmm. penciled and inked. The, the, usually he'll give me a thumbnail, but these came pretty much finalized, and there was nothing. Wow. There was nothing. I, if... If I remember right, there was not a single note on the artwork. I moved a little bit of the dialogue around to fit what he did. But um, I mean, look at, I mean, how can you give a note when somebody gives you that artwork? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The only <laughs> note is thank you. <laughs> That's great. So, so who's, uh, besides Ludo, uh, who, who's the rest of your team on this? I know you work so, with Scout as well. Yeah. So Ludo does the, the, the pencils, the inks, and the colors. Um, and DC Hopkins has lettered every single issue of Tart. Uh, when we started, Ludo did the lettering. And starting with Tart 4, we hired DC. And um, Ludo did a great job lettering. But I, going from a dedicated artist doing lettering to having an artist as a letterer join the book and what DC has brought has been unbelievable. I say it all the time, uh, hire a letterer. They are the best value an indie comics person can possibly. Every dollar you spend on a letterer makes your book $10 better. Mm -hmm. um, yep, and our editors are Cassandra Bell, who I met at New York Comic Con. She bought Tart. Uh, volume one, which is issues one, two, and three, and Tart four, and she and her friends went away, read them, and came back and bought Hell Strawberry trade paperback, and just we became friends on Twitter. And the next campaign, I asked for somebody to look at the the Kickstarter for typos, and Cassie went through and was a bulldog about grammar, and I was like, <laughs> oh wow, she's good. 
<laughs> and she and this kind of reminded me when Joey talked about taking Badass Girl home. She said, hey, I have a screenplay. Would you like to read it? And I, I said, I'll absolutely read it. And we've all had people give us screenplays, books, short stories, and sometimes they're good. And sometimes I'll say they're not for us because, you know, no art is bad. Some art is not for us. And I read Cassie's screenplay and I was like, oh, oh, she's good. <laughs> oh, wait, she can write really well and she's a complete grammar Nazi. We need her. And I, I just asked her, I said, well, you know, we didn't have an editor before this. I said, would you come on board? And she was like, I, I'd love to try this. This is an adventure that she'd like to try. And she's been on the book since Tart 7. Um, and when we got with Scout, uh, I had already met Andrea Lorenzo Molinari, but uh, Scout was nice enough to put him on. So basically, whenever I write a script, I send it to Ludo, Cassie, and Andrea. And I take all of their, their notes and suggestions. And <coughs> you really messed this up, Kevin's. And I go back and I, and I try to fix it. And uh, so that's, that's, the, that's the basic team. Me, Ludo, DC, Cassie, and Andrea. Nice. Now, this is, um, you know, you don't brag, so I'm going to brag. Um, Kevin and maybe one other creator on Kickstarter have blazed a trail for serializing, you know, comics on Kickstarter. I mean, you're up to 15 now on Kickstarter. You, this is your 13th, 14th Kickstarter? Yeah. 14th. It was a 13th wow. Tart Kickstarter. I did one kid's book, The Poodles of Potter's Pig. So, yeah. So, 13 Tarts and one kid's book. So, I mean, that's that's amazing. You've, you've had an audience, you've kept the audience, and you've built the audience for, you know, you're up to issue 15. That's <laughs> That's crazy, actually. Uh, and um, <laughs> I salute you because I am trying to follow in your footsteps, sir. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny. I never when when we started this, Ludo and I, uh, you know, we, we went with with a guy who we thought maybe knew knew better and and it didn't work out. And we did Kickstarter and and we met these readers that were as passionate about the book as we were. And it never occurred to me not to go back to this source of, yes, funding. It's, it's a very, you know, the first thing you're looking for is money to print your book. But the money runs out. And what doesn't run out is that person that you've met that backs your Tarte Volume 1 campaign and then is with you for four and five and six when the money's spent, that feeling of someone returning to your book doesn't go away. And this is not like we all know that making comics, making films is not easy. But knowing that there are these people that you might not have ever met in your corner <coughs> that care about your book as much as you do. Like, yeah, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to say goodnight to my wife and I'm going to stay up and I'm going to write because, you know, Dario in England cares about my book and I need to make sure that I have another, an, you know, another comic for him. And there's two, three, you know, we hope four or five, 600 others just like that. 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, I think, and and I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like the the feeling when the first name that you see in a backer list that you don't recognize um, is a really cool feeling mm-hmm. because, like, hey, it's one thing. Like, you know, my 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 brother backed the campaign. I've got you know friends <laughs> and everybody that backed the campaign. Other other creators and whatnot. But like to see some random person that <laughs> yeah. like I'm like I've never heard of this person. Dan's never heard of this person. I'm like, where did this? Like, we have no idea where they came from. But like, yeah. they believed in the book. They threw they threw a couple bucks in, and they, you know they want to be a part of it. That's really cool mm-hmm. feeling. It, it, oh, yeah. it, it is, and I haven't run into that. You know, a comic convention, you get a little bit of it. But for some reason, the the relationship on Kickstarter is just, it's so fulfilling and so just inspiring. It, it The reason I come back is it, 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 it feels great to be on Kickstarter. I'm excited when I'm going to be launching one to be talking to these people and meeting a couple new people hopefully and there is nothing wrong with your friends and family being there for your first campaign you need that but they're probably not going to come back for your second or third because they're done they yeah they did the hell you're on your own now baby so you better hope that you, you met a couple people well and you know it's it's also great when you're you know you're you're coming around to fulfillment and you go oh hey i recognize this name they were they backed, you know, the last campaign, or mm-hmm. I recognize this international backer from, yeah. you know, the last three campaigns. I'm like, I have to charge them so much for shipping. <laughs> yeah. And they still come back. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a, it's, it's so gratifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. And then also to Kevin um, and partially me, I guess, um, I, I feel like, Chris and James and Amy are probably so much smarter than we are, Kevin, because mm. they did not decide to do 20 or 32 issue op- opuses. Uh, opi? I don't know. Um, so, much <laughs> so much smarter. I bow down to your wisdom. You guys are so much smarter. There's nothing wrong with doing a series of miniseries of Opes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got to start somewhere, so we'll work in there. But look, I mean, Kevin, did you always know that? Like, how long was Tart going to be when you started it? Oh, this is this is idiotic. Um, <laughs> it was going to be forty-two issues. Oh, all right. I thought it was, was going yeah, well, to be seventy-two, man. I thought it was no, no, well, no. My, I mean, I'm a San, Sandman aficionado, um, <laughs> so I thought, well, if if I want, you know image or vertigo to pick up my book because that's how ignorant i was when i was writing it well you have to have a a very long epic story to tell and we we figured out what that would be over the long haul and you know so we started and then we found out oh this is hard oh (laughs) and uh, one thing we were so ignorant at the beginning um ludos in france i'm in america and i grew up where you're used to getting 12 X-Men issues in an annual every year. And he grew up where you get one 42-page um, graphic novel a year. And neither one of us knew the difference. So I didn't tell him it's going to be really great when we do 10 to 12 issues this year. And he didn't tell me it's going to be really great when we do one 42-page um, graphic novel. And we were like on issue three when we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so what what we've done is i've tried to get him to work faster and he's tried to get me to work slower and we've, we've found our rhythm uh i don't think 
I can see either one of us exceptionally happy with the rhythm, but <laughs> our, our readers are with us. So you know what? That's all that matters. Relationships are compromised, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you know I, still, what? I still have my tarp issue one upstairs somewhere in my, in my collection. Nice. Nice. <laughs> So, but I, I do want to tell a story, a, a convention story. I'm going to pull somebody, somebody randomly off of the screen. James ran across all of New York Comic Con for me. I couldn't leave my booth uh, one time, and uh, I wanted to get a uh, a No Angel, a special New York Comic Con Eric Palicki No Angel one, and James volunteered to go and like Javits Center is like seven miles long. No, I mean, I mean, it's a mile. It feels it's a like mile. seven miles long. Yeah. And, and James literally came. I gave him 20 bucks and he left. And like an hour later, he came back and I have my special edition signed. No angel number one because of James. So like after like a, after like a day, like not even a day, I feel like you can get like a good lay of the land because I was I was covering the convention. So I'm like, all right, I have to be in Artist Alley. I have to be at the panel thing. I have to be over here. So like I kind of figured out how to navigate that really quickly. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Go over there. I'm going to be over there anyway. Why not? So. You know, Eric, if you would, if you just asked Eric, he would have got you one, right? Well, I don't think they, they weren't in touch. That was the thing. So it was like, I, it was like, all right, I guess, how do, how do you communicate there when you don't have yeah. anyone's number or anything? I guess like yeah, you it, tweet at him or something, but that was it. I couldn't leave my table and he couldn't leave his. It was just, yeah. it, it wasn't going to happen. And, and I wanted it because No mm. Angel's a great series. And I wanted yeah, my, is. I wanted it's, my it's from, uh, yeah. special comic. So yeah, I, uh, I, I had the opportunity to speak with Eric uh, a lot of, this has been years now, um, but he sent me one as well, and I said, "This is awesome." And and I don't know if people know Eric Balicki and his sister uh, are uh, in, wrote the book, and uh, his sister is is an actress. Uh, she was in um, in uh, what's the Friday Agents Night of Lights. Shield Agents oh, of Shield so. Friday Night Lights was where I I went, and yeah, she's okay. also she's also <laughs> going to be in that new show new. Uh, um, uh, what's the guy's lizard, whatever movie that's coming out? Broken um, lizard, broken lizard movie that's coming out. She's gonna be in that one, but great story. They both wrote it. It looks gorgeous. It's a, it's amazing. And, story. and somehow the lead character of No Angel has a small. It looks like it's just, just a little bit. Hey, <laughs> that's, she wrote totally it. Pitch it. She wrote it. I think it's brilliant. If if I was an actor and I if I was you know an Adriana uh, Palicki or a Keanu Reeves, I might write a comic book with a character who looked like me. Pull it off. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I, I, before we end on Tart, if you've never heard of us and you want to check us out, we've got. Um, a PDF for only $20, you'll get all 15 issues and the Hell Strawberry trade paperback, or we've got what we call an appetizer catch-up tier. You get the first seven issues for only $30 and uh, you get the PDF with all 15 issues. That way you find out if you like it, you know, like, uh, yeah, give, give Tart a taste. If you like it, come back for more. Yeah, nice. It's a fun book. I, I but I've been following it forever. I got a nice collection of enamel pins upstairs from uh from your uh, uh previous campaigns. So I'm down. Looking forward to this one. The, the next one will be fork if we, when we do it. But the, our our printer had a trouble with the factory, so mm -hmm. we're 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 waiting till they find a new factory and uh, and we're going to do a nice fork enamel pin. Nice. So. Looking forward so, to it. Nice. Uh, now 
what Will wanted to do before I got a chance to talk about my comic. And I'm going to remember this from Crossover Division. Um, you so, mean next week? Yeah. yeah. So, um, somebody uh, may have come in late and may not have heard our deep dives. Hopefully you guys will rewatch it or listen to the podcast version. But um, Amy, once again, if you had, if you had to get somebody interested in Jackie and the magical guys, uh, how would how would you lead them to your comic? Okay, uh, Terminator meets Sailor Moon. All right, we start <laughs> off with that. So pretty much my logline is in a desperate attempt to save the world from a bleak future overrun by monsters. A time-traveling teenage girl accidentally transforms four disgruntled guys into magical girls to prevent the apocalypse. And on the theme of wrestling, and I'm going to talk about John Cena. His motto is, you can't see me. So hopefully that's not my Kickstarter. I hope you can see me in this Kickstarter. Okay. So I love to have you here. And I know you're going to really like it. It's really fun. It's my favorite project I've ever created. It's good. Awesome. All right. So I think we had Chris talk about Badass Girl. So Joey, why don't we, we, how would you, if you were at a convention with Badass Girl, get people's attention? Um, by this. No, uh, I have no idea. This is hard. I, I am not a comic book creator, dude. So, um, but oh, I this guess... is fun. This is fun. When you have to find it in the moment, this is great. Yeah. Uh, Post-apocalyptic world uh, with a badass chick. Who uh, who saves a uh, a a village uh, from a horrible person? <laughs> nice. That's pretty much. Here's here's the deal. What you do at these conventions is you try one, and people look at like you like you're an asshole, and you're like, I'm going to try a different one next time. You yeah. try a different one, and their eyes light up. They're like, Oh, I got to remember. I'm going to have to do this because this year I'm going to be attending the the Phoenix Fan Fusion. Con along with Chris and Deb. That's right. So, We're going to wander around and he's going to sit at the table this nice. time. <laughs> there you go. They're, they're going to get to take some breaks and stuff while I, while I sit and sell the books. <laughs> well, I've had right. years of experiences with making my elevator pitches for scripts and books yeah. and stuff. So nice. He's uh, going to have to teach easier. me a little bit. Yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll give me, he'll show me the ropes there a little bit. So I'll say it correctly this time, James, a real slobber knocker. There we go. I think if if uh, if you're a wrestling fan and you were pissed off at the end of WrestleMania Night Two and you thought Cody Rhodes should have won and you wanted a better ending, well, maybe read this comic. That'll make you feel a little bit better. Nice, <laughs> nice. Get get really really get, get, get to the heart just, of people's emotions. Just twist that knife a little bit more. Yeah. No all one's right. bitter. No one's bitter at all about that. Yeah. Uh, I'll go uh, Tart 15. Uh, if you were failing at your job and you had to accept help from someone who might be your enemy, would you keep failing or would you take the chance mm -hmm. to accept their help? So that's the core of Tart 15. Um, before we go out, Will, you said next week. When is Crossover Division launching? Uh, April 18th, Tuesday. So uh, nice. Crossover Division Volume 1 will be uh, launching on Kickstarter for a really, uh, what I hope to be a really cool oversized hardcover, which will collect the first four issues. Uh, I am so a... sorry that next week we're just going to be talking Facts of Life. <laughs> I am so sorry. The timing is awful. Poor timing on my part, I know. <laughs> All right. I cannot wait to, to find out what the next crossover is. Um, 
you have had the War of the Worlds crossover. You have had Dracula. You have had uh, what? What? Not not. I don't want to know this one. I want to find that out. Spoilers. We learned from from Amy not to give it all away. Oh uh, oh, are we still in Shakespearean for this issue or? Nope, we finished that off. We, we finished are, that. Uh, That's right. Yeah, this the hardcover is going to have an eight-page uh, bonus story that we haven't that uh, actually Alice is working on right now, and uh, it's uh, it's got a, a, a French component to it. I'll just say that. How about that? All right. Nice. All right. Well, I'll try to bore down on it next week. You know what? We'll we'll, we'll wait a week. We'll we'll get a crossover division, and then we'll get whole on into Blair and uh, no Joe yet. It's Cindy. It's Suyan. It's Molly. But we've got Mrs. Garrett to bring us through. And uh, on Twitter, D Fish actually said got on me for making fun of the show because she's she said it's 1979. You take the good. You take the bad. <laughs> and that is how we're ending with a great joke from Fish. Thank you, everybody, that was in the comments. And I'm so excited about all these projects. And uh, uh, appreciate you coming on. You have another uh, project. Reach out because we'd love to have you back. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Oh, thank Later, you. Everybody. I'm going to pledge to each one of you. Bye. 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 Thank you. Explain yourself, Bump. That's right. <laughs>